Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, pumps, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway. Sterner throws, hot. Emmanuel Cook takes a tackle. Touchdown, Arkansas! Visit them in Conway today or check out ChrisCraneHyundai.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. Oh. Wide open receiver, it's Cobb. Towards the end zone. Touchdown! Let's bring him in, Clint Sterner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Clint, how are you? Man, I'm doing good, Wes. I'm doing good, man. It's uh, We're getting closer and closer to the weekend, getting closer and closer to, to Christmas, man. It's uh, The Christmas holidays are, uh, are are my favorite, man. So looking forward to all the time with the family and uh, the first with my immediate family, obviously, with the new baby and, and the first Christmas where the – the, the almost two-year-old can hmm. somewhat comprehend what the hell's going on. And so, yeah, man, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm in a good spot, brother. How about you guys? Man, I'm so excited for this weekend. And Look, you know, down deep, down deep low. I'm, I'm excited about the football we have this weekend. I mean, NFL, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, and we get the Red Wolves Saturday morning. So I'm going to try to sneak in some football with the family time. I know we like to watch a lot of Christmas movies and, you know, enjoy the company, but – you can have a football game on in the background. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, hell, there's something wrong if you don't. I mean, there's. I mean, I use my my grandparents growing up. Boy, we go over there Christmas Eve, and and I, I know there's a game on. And old Mama, she just she just was hell bent on that TV not being on. We were making mm-hmm. memories with the family and playing our little games, and it used to drive me up a wall. I know my dad. Now being an adult, I know my dad, and my uncle, and them was. Were, I mean, they were chomping at the bit now, but. Nobody was going to challenge Memaw, so them, day, them days are, are, are obviously behind us. You better believe in in my house. There's going to be uh, there's going to be multiple TVs with a game on in the background. <laughs> you look at the schedule. I mean, there are just so many meaningful games. I mean, it starts tomorrow. Bengals, Steelers. They, both teams need to win. Buffalo plays tomorrow night against the Chargers. I don't think it's a good game, but Buffalo has to win that game if they want to make the the playoffs. And it just continues Sunday. I'll start with your game uh, with the Browns and Texans. Texans at home against the Browns. I mean, nine and five against eight and six. Who would have thought with some of the injuries to the Browns and then even just to start the year, the Texans would be eight and six? But you look up, this is a very good Sunday noon game. Yeah, look, I mean, just before we dig into that game, Wes, I mean, think about the teams that you just you just mentioned. I, I don't, I don't know if it's me and and because I, I cover the Houston Texans and they are one of the. You know, eight and six, one of the eight win, seven win, nine win teams that are really vying for those final three AFC playoff spots. I, I don't know if it's just me and my world, or or if it's the football world in general. But I, I mean, I, these, these middle of the pack games in late December um, have never meant more to, to me than they do now. And so again, I'm, I'm watching that Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. I'm watching again. You mentioned the Buffalo Bills. I'm watching them through a little different lens because. Um, I mean, those those teams are fighting for a playoff berth, and, and one of them happens to be my, my Texans down here. So, yeah, look, when you look at the Cleveland Browns and, and the Houston Texans, it's, uh, the Texans are banged up big time, man. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're missing major pieces, uh, starting with C.J. Stroud. And uh, this, is, this is another one of those games, a non-division game. they got two division games remaining after this, this Cleveland Browns game. But it is 
there, there's going to be implications on those on those wild cards, those, those three wild card spots. And if you think about it, with the Texans, um, they traded away their first round pick to go after Will Anderson at number three in the draft. And so the only first round pick that they have uh, this year is is from the Cleveland Browns. And so while it's not going to be a whole lot of movement, if you do beat the Browns, if you end up being a wild card team and they don't, then all of a sudden that that uh, that draft pick next year is a little bit higher as well. So I mean, there, there's there's a lot at stake um, in, in that game as well as a bunch of those those middle of the pack games to see who emerges as a wild card. You know, Clint, I'm looking at Browns Texans. I'm thinking this is a low scoring game, and I see the over under at 40, and my eyes kind of light up. I don't know. I, I think teen, this is a like a 17 13 game. Am I wrong, or is it? You think there's a lot of points in this game? No, look, I, I think I'm with you, man. I, I think it's a low-scoring game. I, I'm, I'm not as low. I mean, look, I've never disrespected or, uh, or not really given Joe Flacco the utmost respect. I'm not a, a Flacco fan, but, but I acknowledge how good the guy is and how good he's been and uh, being the veteran quarterback that he is. I mean, he's come in there, and I think in a two- or three-game stretch, he has, he has uh, he's lit it up, and, and he's got, you know, in, in that system, um, they've got they've got some targets at, at, at David and Joke, who's the hottest tight end in the game. Maybe maybe Ferguson's on the same level with him right now. But, but boy, they, that and Joku is is, uh, is rocking and rolling along with Amari Cooper and company. And so they've got weapons and they've got they got a hellacious defense, man. I, I mean, they're arguably the best defense in, in the game right now, depending on what stats you look at. And um, man, Miles Garrett, I don't know how he's not. Uh, on the, the MVP short list, I mean, he is—he's doing things defensively that I don't know that we've ever seen uh, players do. Now we've seen players, defensive ends and pass rushers, um, you know, Hall of Famers that that do some of the same things, play in, play out. But when you look at how Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, is using Miles Garrett in terms of—I don't know if y'all saw the, the video that went viral where he was—he was bouncing from one side of the defensive line to the other, and they were—they literally had two tight ends following him. Mm-hmm. And the offense got to delay a game because they couldn't get set. So um, it, it's wild to watch. But but uh, yeah, man, that that uh, it's going to be a hell of a football game. I, look, I like the Browns in this ball game because I think the Texans are just too beat up. But uh, D'Amico Ryan's has proved me wrong multiple times this year. So we'll see what happens. Sunday, three twenty-five on Fox. You got Cowboys and Dolphins. Can the Cowboys? Will the Cowboys bounce back? What what a what a storyline! Really, two storylines, but they come crashing together, right? I mean, Miami, a team that uh, just hasn't played well against teams with winning records and is getting disrespected. I've, I don't know, if I've ever seen so much disrespect for a, a double digit win team, but they're getting it. And uh, and then you got the Cowboys, who got the doors blown off of them last week, right? And so, uh, as I look at it, man, you got two teams that that uh, need this game in a in a big big way. I mean, you can argue, obviously, the Cowboys needed needed uh, needed probably a little bit more just the expectations on them, but, but uh, what, what a game. Two powerhouses, and at this point in the season, you think two powerhouses with double-digit wins, they're kind of coasting to the finish line, and, and that's not the case. Both of these teams uh, are, are fighting their tail off for the division. Both of these teams are fighting their tail off to, to get the respect that they deserve, and so uh, it's, this is going to be a big one, man, and, and two high-powered offenses when they choose to be. Uh, if, if you're just a, a football fan in general, I don't know how you don't you ain't confident the bit to sit down mm-hmm. and watch this one. Yeah, that one should be a lot of fun. And then Monday on Christmas Day, you get three NFL games this year. You get a noon game, a three thirty game, a seven fifteen game. You know, and, and every game. I mean, they're not necessarily great looking games early. Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, but once again, 
Chiefs have to win this game. Chiefs need this game in, in a big way. Uh, Eagles, Giants, Eagles have to win this game to break the losing streak. They're at home. They can't lose to the Giants. And then the nightcap, the last game of the week, maybe the best one. 11 and 3 Ravens, 11 and 3 49ers. That's the powerhouse, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's the uh, headliner obviously. Um I, I like the 49ers in the, in that game. I, I I just the the Ravens are 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 really really good. Um I, I just I just don't I don't buy and, and this is this is a tough a tough one for me because I like I like Lamar Jackson. I like what he brings to the table. But when I watch the Baltimore Ravens, there's still a lot of what they do off script, off schedule. And when you when you bump up against uh, a team that boy they do they're as good as anybody maybe ever has been in terms of being on schedule, on script, on time. Uh, you know, I, I just I like the team that the, the the coach, the play caller can can dial up anything and know what he's going to get, and that's how they're getting their production. That's how they're getting their points versus call a play, it don't work. Lamar Jackson goes out there and, and, and makes a, a play off script. Don't get me wrong, I love watching it, and don't get me wrong, that's, that is a more valuable player to his, his said team, but when we're talking about making runs in the playoffs and we're talking about late season, late December, monster games, monster matchups, good versus good, I like the team that that plays on schedule and on script uh, a lot more uh, than I do the the, the, the team that you got to roll the dice and hope that the athlete can make more plays than the opponent. I told uh, people if you uh, think Baltimore can win this game, stick some money on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP because if Baltimore wins, Lamar Jackson's your MVP. You know that's a great point, man. I mean, we, we I've done a lot of talking about MVP, and it's always kind of. You know, Jalen Hurts was up there because of what the Eagles have done over the last couple of years. Dak's obviously been in, in the conversation. Look, Lamar's been in the conversation, but I, I don't know that he that he's probably I don't know that he's he's got he's got the, the convo, the talk that he probably deserves. And you're right. I mean, if he if he wins tonight, given the fact that it, it's your your usual suspects in Pat Mahomes and and Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow. Uh, those guys aren't in the mix. I mean, so now you've got Tyreek Hill if he can get to 2,000. You got you got Miles Garrett that's got to be in the conversation. You know, you've got uh, you know obviously I think Jalen Hurts with a couple of big games here late would still be in the in the conversation. Um, but you've got a little bit of a kind of a wonky MVP uh, pool this year, if you will. And so uh, Lamar Jackson with a monster game this week on Christmas in prime time. Yeah, that that would uh, go a long way for. Him chalking up his number two, his second MVP in in his, in his short career. All right, Clint. Uh, before we let you go, get your thoughts. Uh, Brett McMurphy's reporting the ACC will add Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Wait, that's an old tweet. Florida State has sued to get out of the ACC, and so maybe now that's what right. they're talking, trying to figure out what the ACC is going to do in Florida State. What do you think they should do with Florida State and ACC? Well, I mean, the reality of it is, Wes, and I understand why Florida State is 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 you know, I understand why they're they're flustered, they're, mm-hmm. they're frustrated. I get it, uh, but the reality of it is, is I mean, there's there's just no way for them to get out of that contract. I mean, I, I don't know how you can come up with. Uh, I mean, the most re- I mean, I don't know how true it was, but I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars to get out of that contract. And then, secondly, you look at it, and, you, and how is Florida State going to better position themselves? Um, in, in, in the college football landscape as it sits right now, um, how are they going to better position themselves for this not to happen ever again? And, and 
I, I do believe this, Wes. I do believe that if they were in the Big Ten or if they were in the SEC, this would never happen. Mm-hmm. There's not a set of circumstances where a team goes undefeated and wins the conference championship in the Big Ten or in the SEC that they don't get in. It, it just simply doesn't doesn't matter. They're getting in. Um, and so I understand where they're frustrated with the ACC not having the pool to get them in. I understand where they're frustrated with the ACC of not having their crap together, if you will, over the last year and a half of all this conference realignment stuff. Um, and I don't know all the details, but I know the ACC ultimately has they, – they've been better than the Pac-12, uh, but, but they somehow fell in, into about fourth place in terms of having their crap together during, during conference realignment. They, they seem to be chasing everybody else instead of being – uh, leading the leading the charge, if you will, and so I understand the frustration. Unfortunately, for for my man Norvell, I just don't think there's any way that, that Florida State can get out of it. So I, you ask me, what do I think they should do? Is raise as much hell as you can <laughs> to make as much change as you can, and then you sit pat in a conference where you're ahead of Miami, you bumped ahead of Clemson. I mean, you've got a lot of momentum. You had a great recruiting class. I think they were number six in one of the publications that I looked at. Um, you just keep on keeping on, man. It, it, it's uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance the way that you got left out this year. But personally, Clint, I, I firmly believe they should have gotten left out. They're not one of the best four teams in America with that quarterback situation. And so what you learn? Go develop a backup quarterback. What what happened this year? All all, all top-tier programs should be on, on notice, right? If you're not developing a backup quarterback to some degree where the kid can go out there and run your offense, I'm not saying the kid has to be – Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying the kid has to, has to be a Heisman candidate, but if he can't go out there and run your offense, if you don't have a second quarterback that can simply run your offense and look competent in your offense to where you don't get left out of the college ball playoff, shame on you. Florida State just, just I mean, they just they put everybody on notice. This is what you can't afford to do. And so we'll see how, how it uh, impacts the quarterback landscape across the, uh, the country. Clint, have a great Christmas. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the kiddos. Thank you for your time. All right, boys, y'all have a good one now. We'll see y'all soon.